0: Hello Patriots, welcome to the Patriot Review. It's episode 32 already and uh, I want to thank you for being here. I want to give a shout out to Albert in Germany. Thank you for the message. Uh, You can, folks, download the Patriot Review app by going to our website RedBloodPatriots.com. You can uh, send messages, chat, follow other individuals that are on there. Uh, So please go ahead and do that. Before we get started today, I want to just say that it's been a a weekend, a tough weekend, a reflective weekend. Uh, not only September 11th, but a family friend of ours lost their daughter uh, to an accident. And uh, as I could say, is stuff like this happens, and it makes you take a breath, stop, realize what's really important. Uh, so if you you have kids or grandkids, make sure to give them an ex- extra hug and let them know that uh, that you really love them and that they are always always in your hearts and thoughts. So thank you for being here again. Now, we're going to get started. I have an interview with a gentleman named Gary Phipps. He is uh, ex-Airborne. He is now in marketing, and uh, I had a good conversation with him that I'm going to show you. Uh, Before we get to to doing that, though, I I do want to go into a little bit about COVID and show you a video if you haven't seen this uh, I think it'll shock you as, as much as it really did mean it's particularly uh, frightening because this is what could could be coming to America. I kind of doubt it because I don't think we would allow it, but uh, hopefully we wouldn't, but maybe. So I'm going to show you this real quick and I'll be right back.
1: Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised.
2: So he's saying he wants to go somewhere where the walls won't cave in. Poor guy. Over a fucking fortnight I've been here. I'm not fucking staying here any fucking longer. Live at the fucking door. There's never fucking gun. So it sounds like they want this guy to stay here longer. Which is concerning for me because. Stayed here for 14 days. Mate, you gotta calm down or you're gonna Mate, you gotta take me somewhere fucking else! Calm down or you're gonna get fucking gas. Fucking do it then! Alright, get back. Yeah. It's not gonna fucking change the fact that I'm fucking pissed off! Stay there. I don't even have a fucking crossword
1: to fucking fill fucking
2: billion. saying so he doesn't even have a crossword to. Yes, Except it's
1: not fucking, it's buried.
2: If you want to fucking listen, it's fucking locked. Stay there. Where's your car? I'd feel for these guys. This is shit. This is hotel quarantine. 12 o'clock midnight. What the there. fuck is the point of that? I live three hours away. Stay there. So he's supposed to be at 12 o'clock midnight. For how fucking long? I'm not fucking staying here tonight! Stay back. Yes, we're in here. my fucking room, it's just... Fuck! 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 Move your bag! Ah. Move your bag! Ah. Move, your bag. Ah. Move, Move me, me to a different fucking place! Close the door! Don't fucking... Traveling to another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind.
0: I would say that the, the Orwellian zone is exactly what we saw in that video. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, can you imagine um, being put in a hotel, sitting there for 14 days, and getting treated like that? I mean, they threatened to gas the guy. What is this, Nazi Germany? Absolutely insane. Why are we tolerating this type of thing? The the Western civilization in general. Why are we tolerant of this? They got to get rid of the 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 Nazi that's in control down there. Got to stand up and say hell no. I mean these people are uh, are delusional. This is over a a disease that you know 99.9% of people survive. For the most part, unless you're old or you're, you're, uh, you are you're have an immunodeficiency of some sort, yet we're putting up with it. You know, and I wanted to share this quote with you, you know, in a far distance, a helicopter skimmed down between the roofs, hovered for an instant like a blue bottle and darted away again with a curving flight. It was the police patrol snooping into people's windows. The patrols did not matter, however, only the thought police mattered. Now, why did I share that? Well, because... Uh, that's the stage we're at the these uh these governments whether it's uh, in Australia or it, it's our very own i mean uh you know here we, here in our country we have this clown who's who's telling everybody that you know he's going to require a vaccine he's going to require you to inject this experimental vaccine and he he thinks he can do that and he's saying he's losing his patience i mean let's let's get serious uh <laughs> I have a two word response for that that I will spare you but you can imagine what it is. Uh <laughs> this guy uh, I don't know what country he thinks that he stole the election in but this is certainly not the United States of America. We do not uh, we do not dictate to people what they can put in their bodies. Interesting interesting that uh, the left wants to say my body my choice when it comes to Killing babies, but when it comes to injecting a completely experimental gene therapy drug into people's veins for a disease that 99.9% of people survive our virus, uh, you know, suddenly it makes sense to them. And then there's the fact that they're, they're covering up and not telling the whole truth.
2: I'm going to give you a few stats now about uh, what's going on in West Virginia. But uh, West Virginia is seeing a 26 percent increase in positive cases of people that are fully vaccinated over the last eight weeks. We'll read that one more time. West Virginia is seeing a 26 percent increase in positive cases in people that are fully vaccinated. And a twenty one percent increase in breakthrough cases requiring hospitalization for people that are fully vaccinated. We have also seen a twenty five percent increase in deaths of people that are fully vaccinated over the last eight weeks. Now, that's not a twenty five percent increase of of the total numbers or whatever. It is a twenty five percent increase of deaths of people that are fully vaccinated over the last eight weeks. You know. we really do need to continue to stay on our. T- you
0: know, so here we have these these numbers that are being hidden for the most part, and that is the the consequences of this experimental injection and. Um, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff that gets censored and pulled down, even though it's true and it's coming from, a um, you know, a government official in that state. And, um, you know, they don't want you to hear that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, we all know it's true. And it's just it's becoming more and more evident that they they don't necessarily think we're that stupid. It's just that they don't care. This is about control and power and really nothing else. Um you know, so here we have we have a gentleman who thinks he can he can mandate all this. But um, we look at some of the other headlines, you know, private private employers are beginning to fight back. Hopefully you work for for some of these employers. Um, most of us don't, however. So it's going to be interesting how this pans out. Obviously, it's going to be in the Supreme Court. It's going to end up in the Supreme Court. Uh, You know, then you have another example here of this is going to happen all over the country as far as starting to refuse services or treatment because people are doing what they're uh, absolutely have a right to do, which is to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to walk away from this. I think more and more people are going to start making that choice. Then you have, you know, President Trump who (laughs) uh, over the weekend and, and uh, uh, earlier, you know, still working behind the scenes to actually do something that this administration should be doing. And you know, they never should have left Afghanistan without getting the civilians out of there first. I won't talk very much about this, but the difference between real leadership and the George Orwell Orwellian leadership that we have. Uh, it's just absolutely sickening. Um, it gets to the point where you have to take a step back or you think you're going to go nuts. <laughs> That's really the truth of it. So I am going to show that interview next. Uh, we'll get a little bit of a break from some of this heavy stuff. And it's a good one. So uh, stay stay tuned. We'll be right back. Patriots would you like to become part of the Patriot Army you can do so by going to our website and clicking on the become a patron button top left of the screen you then can select your membership level also on our website on the top right hand side you'll notice a download our app button this app will enable you to keep in touch with the Patriot Review on a constant basis you'll also be able to interact with our forum and chat with other members We hope to see you there, and thank you for your support.
2: Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. to you from the land of common sense and American pride, not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner.
0: Hello, we're back. Thanks again for being here. I just want to say um, feel free to shoot some comments or messages either download our app and do that. You can chat directly on that app. Again, that's on our website, the top right-hand side of the page, or you can do it by commenting on Rumble or CloudHub. I try to keep up with uh, with that and uh, I'll give you an answer. I know some people have asked for help to find legal, represent, legal representation in relation to the mandate or the jab, and I do have that available. If you're interested in that, just shoot me a note. You can go to redbloodedpatriots.com. That's redbloodedpatriots.com. And go ahead and fill out a uh, contact form or, like I said, use the app. So, uh, again, thanks for being here. I have Mr. Gary Phipps right now. And we we sat down, actually, uh, September 11th, Saturday, and had this conversation. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to him, and I'd uh, definitely recommend following him. He is uh, a true patriot. Uh, So here we go. My guest right now is Gary Phipps. Gary, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Jeff. You bet. Hey, first of all, thanks for your service. I know you're a veteran. We talked a little bit. Yes, sir. Just before hitting the record button, Um, especially on, on this day, September 11th, which to me, you know, I... Yeah, as with anybody who was old enough at the time, um, a day that always will be uh, seared into my mind. And, um, you know, I have to be honest, from a political standpoint, it's really been disappointing to see the division and in the, in the increasing division and, and that stuff. But we'll We'll get to that in a little bit. First off, why don't you start by telling us more about yourself and what you're doing today, these days. And what you want us to know about you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I mean, today is definitely a crazy day, 9-11. I mean, as far as far as me, I'm I'm kind of just like a normal guy that has had a, I guess, I I consider a unique journey through life. I mean, nothing really crazy, extraordinary, just, you know, kind of out of the norm, I guess. Uh, Grew up in a small Midwest town, uh, known my wife since I was four years old. I got a, you know, we grew up in the same hometown. She was my girl next door. So that's a crazy story in itself. Um, after that, I joined the Army after high school. Didn't really know what I was doing in my life. I uh, was airborne for about eight years. Went to Iraq twice. Went to Haiti once. Uh, got out of the Army in 2016 after doing time as a recruiter, um, which actually led me to my first civilian job as a technical recruiter. And did that for about three years got tired of it, wanted a change, uh, decided to get into marketing, uh, just through my own freelance experience. And luckily a, a company picked me up and, uh, been a marketing manager now for them for about three years and got a lot of good experience and all meanwhile, trying to juggle a house, you know, mortgage, car payments, uh, wife, three kids. American and, dream. uh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, honestly, yeah. if, if there, if, if there really is such thing as the typical American dream, i I think I, I I reached that I mean it's never as picturesque okay. as you imagine in your head, but at the same time i I would be doing myself an injustice to say uh it's it's not been pretty good okay. so right. i'm gonna I'm no, gra- think- I, yeah I'm great
0: <laughs> that's awesome I mean that you know when you when you compare our the way we live in the United States with anywhere else around the world, yeah you have to you'd have to really understand the American dream really does exist at least it's, we're still uh, kicking. In,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I got this tiny house, and uh, I mean, it's not tiny; it, it fits our family perfectly. Uh, but I'm in a little quiet subdivision in the Midwest, not not too far out in the country, but also not in the city. Uh, you know, I really, I really couldn't ask for too much more than this. I mean, I'm always going to try for more, uh, but
0: uh, you know, I. Absolutely.
1: Other than that, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's let's
0: yeah. uh, share with uh, the viewers here your web page. Oh yeah, uh, you can go to it is there's uh, there dash in there Gary dash. Fips? Yep, yep, yep. That's it. Yeah, Gary dashpitts dot And check it out. And I did go through here and I I noticed you were talking about your wife and some of the pictures that you have and and uh, this one here. Uh, yep. I think that's
1: awesome. Not many yeah, that was a <laughs> uh, that was a Halloween dance at our grade school. I was I was supposed to be the fonz, and she was supposed to be you know a, a poodle skirt wearing uh, girl a girl from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. All
0: right, well let's get into let's get into chatting a little bit more about current events and what's happened today. And I I would like to probably end with a little bit of your feeling on on guns and uh, maybe some some weapons that you particularly recommend for
1: absolutely and that
0: sort of thing and, and also if you want to add anything about prepping and what you think it's important to be doing right now given the state of things you know so as a as a veteran um i'd like to get your thoughts on what we see happening in the military today going woke and uh the leadership the afghan debacle i mean start wherever you feel like uh what what do you have strong feelings about with that uh
1: well so it's it's different for me I think cuz my political views have changed pretty I would say drastically since I got out of the army uh in 2016 so I was raised a republican uh, you know conservative kind of household uh definitely you know valued that patriotic uh, American spirit which I still do absolutely that that rugged individualism that makes us American you know something special and it, it's really what's explained to me why other countries don't quite get why we have so many guns, why we don't want to give them up, even though sometimes there's shootings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, don't, they don't get it from our perspective, because that mentality is almost unique to Americans in general. Um, but yeah, since I got out of the army in 2016, my views changed. I definitely shifted from Republican to more libertarian or more center, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. I don't even necessarily agree with all the libertarian party stances by any means. Uh, but the, the libertarian kind of moral ideology of it is really what I like. It's a, it's a whole, you know, let's not hurt people and take their stuff, but also don't let people hurt you and take your stuff. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, don't don't tell me what to do, whether it be, you know, with my own body, with my own money, with my own business, government shouldn't have their fingers in it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, exactly. Yeah. and, And that, really changed my views uh, a little bit also from the military patriotic side of things. Cause whenever I first joined the army, I mean, I come from a, a lineage of family members that I've served, um, you know, my great grand or my grandpa in World War II, my uncle in Vietnam, my cousin in uh, uh, the initial invasion in Iraq and then me. And, you know, I was, I was always, you know, I was a red blooded young American guy and I was like, you know, I want to go fight terrorists and blow stuff up and jump out of airplanes, you know, mm-hmm. And I got to do all those things uh, while I was in the service. And and I had a great time. And I think the work that I did and my unit did while we were in Iraq actually did benefit um, some people. We helped some people while we were there. Um, However, now I'm like, you know, should we have even been there in the first place? You know, that's where I'm at. And I'm never anti-soldier, but Mm -hmm. I am anti-military almost uh, Mm -hmm. to the extent of – how they use soldiers like most soldiers are like me whenever I join they They just want to be patriots. They want right. to protect their country. They want to serve their country because they love their country. Right. I get that. Right. But the problem is it just they're, they're being misused. Yes, you ma'am. know,
0: I would love I, think- I would love it if oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think that you and I are on exactly the same page. You know, first of all, I would your description politically. I would say that we're on the same page because I view the the party in Washington, there's really only one party. It's a uniparty, and it's the status quo. And it's all about personal enrichment, enrichment. You know, they're, they're not serving the people as they were intended to do without Mm -hmm. a doubt. And it doesn't matter what letters after their name. And yeah. um, You know, I think, I think that's what you're going through. What you're describing is kind of a natural progression for a lot of people, whether they're veterans or not. And I imagine because you are a veteran, you know, yeah. it hits even that much harder because you really do have to question what the motives are. You know, and Eisenhower warned, warned about the, you know, the military machine, the military industrial complex when he was president. And here's a general who, you know, led us to success in World War II who's warning America about the military industrial complex.
1: Yeah, I love that speech. That's a good speech. And,
0: yeah, and I think we're, we're seeing his warning, uh, you know, in real life the past the past 20 or 30 years even you know so uh, yeah I, I absolutely on the same page what's your opinion of of um you know i guess i'll put my opinion out there first and and you tell me what you think i i think that the military right now as always the, mil- the function is to defend america and to protect, <laughs> and to protect america uh yet we see the military now is kind of a haven for social experimentation. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the whole social experimentation thing is uh, a symptom of the fact that the the military is ran by the government and the government's constantly under scrutiny from the public. And just like Hollywood, how they're manipulated by the loud voices maybe of the left or progressives or or the woke culture. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're going to be pressured to make these changes. And mm-hmm. just like with the vaccines, just like with the mass stuff, the military has to do whoever's in charge of the government says it has to do. So they're usually the, the, the guinea pigs, I think they're the, they're the large group that they can be like, Hey, you signed up for it. You don't have rights. So mm-hmm. you're going to do it or else. And to me, that's a shame. Also, I understand how the military is ran. If you gave too much people free will in the military, it'd be chaos. There's got to be a structure. But then again, that's where I'm like, I don't agree with how they're being utilized. Right. Um, and that starts from the top down.
0: We you look know? At, and we look at what's happening today, you know, and even outside of the military, you have an administration, which I really I do not think validly won the 2020 election. That's a whole nother topic. But. You know, yeah. we have this we have this administration telling us what we're gonna put inside of our bodies uh this experimental uh, gene therapy drug, which isn't a vaccine at all. Mm-hmm. Know, at the same time they're allowing you know, people across the southern border who have COVID and tuberculosis and are are uh sex traffickers and drugs are coming through and <laughs> in, in from China, the fentanyl and everything else. Yeah. You know, so to me it's it's uh it's probably the most, to me personally, I think it's the most dangerous time in the United States uh, for our country since the Civil War. I, you know, we see Marxists inside who proclaim they're Marxist. Uh, the organizers and founders of Black Lives Matter and, and Antifa and the Antifa are the are, are the actual fascists. Yet they say they're the anti-fascists. <laughs> and uh, you see all this, and it's very concerning to me. And I think the average citizen looks at the military. And over the past year, they've been they've been kind of wondering what the hell's going on, and, and why why don't uh, why don't some of the military leaders step up, especially with the election stuff? Uh, yeah, and you, I think you, you already answered that question. The answer to why is the military is doing what they're told to do by the current commander in chief, and and. Uh, so even General Flynn is talking now, you know, you can't really depend on the military to come to your rescue because they're not. We have to do that for ourselves. Yeah. What do you think about that as a veteran? What do you What do you think about um, uh, people impacting what's happening in America at the local level and running for office and doing things like that? What's your thoughts on
1: that? I, I think that's the probably the most important. If you really want to try to utilize – Voting in politics to make the changes that you want, it it's, it's really should start at the local level, the county level, the city level, you know, changing those positions because that's really going to have the highest impact on your day-to-day life is getting those people uh, in the right positions. And that's what uh, – one thing I like about the Libertarian Party is that they, they push that really hard. Uh, they're, they're saying, hey, you know, us winning a, a federal election is probably a long shot right now but let's start from the bottom up and start, you know, letting people know what it, what is, what does libertarian mean? You know, or what right. is, you know, it, it literally is Liberty. You know, we want everybody right. to have Liberty, exactly. you know, and that's what I like about it. And there's, there's nuances about it that people don't like. Some people want more structure. Uh, me personally, I mean, I'm <laughs> it's almost like I'm being pushed more and more and more towards technical uh, anarchy, which isn't as bad as it sounds. A lot of people misname name what anarchy actually is, but Uh, I really just don't think the government really needs to be involved. The the free market economy could fix so many of the problems we have right now. But the problem is the the government is in literally everything. Mm -hmm. And they've conditioned people so much to the fact where – let's take fire departments. They're like, well, what about fire departments? They help out the public. And you're like, okay, uh, what about cable? Cable." Let's say the government had been using our tax dollars to provide everybody with free cable. Okay, They've been doing that for the past 50 years. One day we're like, hey, we're pulling the government's funding of that free cable. And everybody goes, what the heck? How are we going to get cable now? The free market can't do it. The government's been giving it us. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, it can, it can also work with fire departments. It can work with a lot of things. There's going to be kinks and hiccups. But people have almost been brainwashed to the point they're like, no, we need taxes. How come they're not taxing the rich more? you are like, no, how about you just ask the government why they're even taxing you at all? When it was supposed to be temporary, <laughs> well I think what you're
0: describing is what historians and historians would say you know dependence more it, you you uh, exchange your freedom and liberty for security, and these people you look at countries like Venezuela or, mm-hmm. or Cuba, you get used to you get used to depending on somebody else, and fear is a big factor in actually. Yeah, or, you know, and and doing things for yourself in the free market.
1: Well, incentive is the biggest thing I think that people forget about incentive and accountability. That's the reason why our current taxes are being misused because there's no more accountability. Same thing with the military. That's why the military is failing because people are too afraid to fire people now like that that are in big positions, you know, and uh, if there was accountability. That'd fix a lot of issues if there was more incentives. So less social welfare is a good thing because they're like, hey, guess what? You have have 10 weeks. We're going to give you 10 weeks of welfare, and you have 10 weeks to find a job. And after that, we have to cut it off. That's the law. And guess what? That gives people incentive to go out and find a job, to use that 10 weeks of welfare to maybe get their crap together and then uh, do all that. But the problem is – People are now just trying to
0: become dependent on welfare. Yeah. And that's that's, that's (laughs) what you're describing has been proved over and over. You know, in the state of Wisconsin, when Tommy Thompson was governor, he made changes that would would reinforce and prove that to be true. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but I think as far as libertarians go, I mean, you got to be you got to be looking and saying this is great right now because there's this big block of independents that are out there that are looking at what Joe Biden is doing. And he's he's already lost to them. We probably never had most of them. Yeah. You know, I think more and more people are coming to the realization that there really is one party. And it's kind of like Marxism and marxism alike. You know? mm, so, yeah. So hopefully, you know, more people get it and jump on the bandwagon and become, you know, freedom fighters. And yeah. The, and I'm not talking about... And,
1: you, and you don't and even them. have to call it a libertarian. I mean, yeah. honestly, American as long thinking. as you don't... It, yeah, as long as that tribalism in your head isn't more important, like your your association with your team mm. isn't more important than your love for your fellow citizen. Right. I mean, w- once it becomes that way, there's no fixing it. You can be completely wrong and still want to be on team whatever because you're afraid to be wrong. You know, you don't want to be that guy. You're like, no, that means everything I've stood for is is incorrect.
0: Well, yeah. maybe that is. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or or some things that nobody can admit <laughs> exactly. That. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, you know, I, my, I had an experience this week where a guy contacted me and he wanted to be on the show and I told him no. And he was, you know, went off about, you know, oh, gee, so much for your mission. And, and uh, you know, I, I responded to him and just said, look, you know, it's not it's not my format. I don't want to hear about white supremacy and I don't want to hear about some of the BS that, you know, <laughs> you got more than enough outlets to talk about that crap. Uh, and it's, right. it's a lie in the first place, and you know. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give that voice. Yet at the same time, we do probably agree with this gentleman and I that um, the the rules should apply equally, and the constitutional rights reg- don't have a party. You know, the, those are God given rights, and uh, yeah. You know, and I think that's what you're describing is there there's more commonality and when you get tribal about things, well look where we are that leads that leads to this atmosphere where the first mm-hmm. the first reaction is, you know, not to try to understand but to, to get angry and lash out. And so many people do yeah. that. Social media especially.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess the one thing a lot of people I've been hearing talk about recently too that have, you know, passionate views about their rights and, and uh, you know, the Constitution and our laws, which you should—they're they, yours—and when they're gone, you're probably never going to get them back. That's why, you know, it's never good to play this, you know, given inch sort of a game because they're always going to take a mile. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people have been asking, you know, oh well, I hear all this, you know, trash talking, but when is enough enough? Right. They're like, when is when is the point? Do we got to wait to the point where we're no longer armed and we no longer have rights?
0: And we end up like And then, then, when are you
1: going to Venezuela? They're, they're, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you got to stop it before it gets to that point. And everybody's like, oh, well, it's not to that point yet. I'm like, well, what do you think that point yeah. looks How like? How far do you want it to go? You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How much yeah. of a disadvantage do you want to put yourself in yeah.
0: before you are forced to do something? Exactly. You, you use a good sports analogy there. You know, well, what do you, well, you want to wait till you're, you know, 48 down before you decide mm-hmm. to, you know, start playing ball. So.
1: Yeah, know. it's just. Crazy. I don't know. I think a lot of people are gonna find out when it's too late, which is why I'm I'm so outspoken about the topics that I am on social media and with my friends and everything. And mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, oh, you know, Gary, don't you think you're going a little over the top? I'm like, no, I, I think other people aren't doing enough. Right. I'm like, mm-hmm. and and they're like, well, he goes, you're arguing with people online. And I'm like, I'm not. I said I usually just give my point, and I'm willing to have a discussion. But the thing is, and they, they think you're never gonna change anybody's mind. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, I would probably say once every couple months, somebody will write me, uh, message me in the comments or, or they'll, you know, private message me and they'll be like, Hey man, I didn't want to say anything in the comments cause I didn't want anybody to, you know, start fighting with me. But they're like, I totally agree. And I'm like, and I always tell them the same thing. I'm like, then speak up. Speak up I was like, yeah. get in the comments to show other people that you also think this way. And I'm not just a crazy conspiracy theory guy. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but too many people are afraid to, I guess, speak their mind. Cause they're, afraid they're gonna be judged yeah, and, but then I'm like yeah. and then I'm like look at the people who are judging you. do you the, really care <laughs> that's the other thing
0: is you know people say oh you know don't judge well it's okay to judge there is a right and a wrong and it's okay to, to speak up as to what your opinions are yeah. without right and wrong uh, this whole thing of, of you know don't don't judge people well what that really translates to is anything goes we're never gonna have consequences for anything that people do. I mean, would you yeah. you know um I played some footage for example um I don't remember which episode it was but it was of a parent reading from a a book in her kid's grade school and this book was written from the perspective of a pedophile and it was oh my god and the language was like you know nasty like like you know you're reading hustler magazine nasty that type of thing and this is a grade school book and and this is from the perspective that pedophilia is okay, you know, and she was pissed and just yelling at the school board. So here we go. You know, you you can't judge anything or anybody, no matter what they do, what they say. I don't believe that. I believe that you you do have consequences for for things, you know, and. Oh, yeah. And we got to get past that. We got to get past that uh, giving trophies out for, for everybody. Guess what? You lost too bad. Suck it up. You know, yeah. I mean, we've got to get back to that where we're, we're uh,
1: well, again, that, that provides incentive right. So they're used like, if you're a boss of a company and you really want your people to start producing more, you give them incentives, but then also there's, there's negatives too right. that work as a motivator. Right. you will be like, Hey, listen, if you, if you get the number one, if, if you're the top salesperson this quarter, I'm going to give you this car. Right. But if you are the last salesperson this quarter, you're fired.
0: Yeah, I was a safety what? professional for 30 years, <laughs> and the behavioral aspects is what you're describing. So in behavior, yes. behavioral safety, you know, we talk about consequences are the way to change behavior. People's opinions and beliefs are based on their experiences. So you have to change their experience. Yeah. So the number the number one thing is consequences have to be immediate. And when people know the consequences are immediate, they tend to change their behavior, you know, whether they're positive mm-hmm. consequences or negative consequences. So.
1: Yeah, and that's why I generally like to do a uh, do a mixture. Like you don't want to be the tyrant and be like, "Oh, you hey, just gotta do what's right. right." Exactly. Yeah, yeah. accountability.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, not very long, but a little bit about Afghanistan and, and the pullout there. I want to get your thoughts yeah. on
1: that. Uh, well, I had a good uh, one of my old section sergeants while I was in uh, the army. I was I was a scout, so we had section sergeants instead of squad leaders and whatnot. Um. Yeah, he actually uh, he got killed over there, I believe, in 2012. It was a dismounted uh, he was on a dismounted patrol. Uh, his name was Sergeant o- uh, Staff Sergeant Orion Sparks, a really good guy. Um, yeah, dismounted patrol got hit by an IED, killed him, and I think maybe two other guys. And you know that sucked. You know, for everybody that knew him, you know, he was such a good guy. And uh, you know, I follow his brother on um, on Facebook and. You know, every year he's sharing his anniversary of his death, which was, I think, a couple months ago. And, um, you know, seeing how he pulled that out of, out of Afghanistan, really not making a dent at all in what happened over there. I, um, I'm kind of, I mean, it sucks. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have gotten killed, you know, which brings me back to we shouldn't have been over there in the first place. Yeah. Um, so it sucks and it's messy. But also, like I said, my political views have changed. About the whole ordeal, if you would have caught me five years ago, I would have said, we need to go in there, guns blazing, going crazy. Uh, I forget uh, what representative. He was a libertarian guy, Justin Amash. Um, He said the results of what happened in Afghanistan recently would have happened if we had pulled out 15 years ago or 15 years from now. Right. And when he said that, I was like, you know what? He's absolutely right. The only and thing that I, and I'm really
0: like, sense to me is you know, you, you pull out your military before you bring civilians and equipment to, you know, absolutely that was completely bone. <laughs> it it was, it was that one out.
1: completely ridiculous how they did it. And, and you know what? You could even, if I'm putting on my tinfoil hat, you could say that that was by design, maybe I on their think behalf. It was. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, this is going to cause such a media frenzy and it's going to distract them from whatever yeah. else is going on over here. Yeah. And uh, there's too much information coming in nowadays that. I kind of stopped really watching or believing any news. I I take the headlines and the articles and the news I hear on Twitter and Facebook from friends and family, and I kind of take it all in at once, and I just form a gut-feeling opinion about all that information that I heard. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what do I think makes sense? What do mm-hmm. I believe is most realistic? And if there's something I'm on the fence about, I'll go down a Google rabbit hole, try to figure it out. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, <laughs> who can you believe?
0: Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm at the same. I'm at the same place. Uh, although I will say, you know, I I fully believe and really appreciate somebody like a, a Mike Lindell, who's just an American citizen who who is putting everything out on the line. Uh, yeah. You know, and those are the types of people that I believe more because he's got a hell of a lot of skin in the game. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so turning on the news and you know, I'm with you. I, it's almost overwhelming and frankly, kind of sickening. That uh, you know, yeah. it just is a battle with two different groups, and it really gets old, and it's really annoying. But um, okay, so let's talk about. Um, now you mentioned before that you are a prepper, and you you know you have uh, some some thoughts on guns. I wanted to get your thoughts on the other thing that you said when we were talking about uh, Americans and their views on guns. You know, I don't think that a lot of people in other countries, especially. Understand that people are, you know, 45 minutes from a response and that the police are not the first line of defense. So, if if you're saying, okay, well, um, here's what you recommend for home defense for a man or or a woman, and, you know, here is what I'd recommend if the country goes to shit, like if there's an DMP or something, I want to get your thoughts on that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, as far as weapons go, You know, I always tell people with about home defense, I always say, uh, cops are only minutes away when seconds matter, you know. And then and then I also tell the people that are like, oh, why would you keep a gun in your house? I'm like, they're like, are you paranoid? I'm like, well, why do you keep a fire extinguisher in your house? Are you paranoid there's going to be a fire? <laughs> great, great point. And, and and I'm like, literally, that analogy is exactly the same both ways. I'm not paranoid. Right. I just, it's better if you have a gun. If somebody right. breaks in your house, then uh, just the same as it's uh, better to have a fire extinguisher if there's a fire. You know yeah sure there's a fire department down the road just like there's a police station uh, but wow. I'd rather be able to put the fire out myself immediately before it gets worse right. uh, before they get there you know like let
0: do um, why you carry you know I say well it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it right? <laughs> yeah it's oh, funny you say that my my wife gets
1: tired of hearing me say that when I, I use it quite quite a lot it's <laughs> true uh, yeah yeah if, if I mean if I had to recommend a firearm I I recommend everybody have at least a pistol, an AR, and a 12-gauge shotgun. And those are just to cover the bases. Like, you have one for a little bit of everything. Have a shotgun with some buckshot, with some birdshot. That helps you with uh, if you have to hunt real quick for something small, small game. Or if you have to use it for home defense, throw some buckshot in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, AR-15. In, in a survival situation, you can absolutely use those for hunting deer. You can use them for hunting all kinds of animal. Uh, but more importantly, high magazine round count uh helps you defend your home if you're the only one there. And if, let's say a, a gang of dudes roll up on you or if a gang of you know, out-of-control federal uh, you know, troopers try to invade your house unconstitutionally. I mean mm-hmm. it is your home, and I don't recommend everybody go you know wild on somebody that comes knocking on their door. However, at the same time, they've been misused before. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you have a family and a wife and kids to, to protect, by all means, I think that's your right. And now, seen how over you the
0: past year, people are you know, law enforcement in other countries that you would never expect it are mm-hmm. going in, and, and Canada was one of them on Thanksgiving that they had too many people in the house, supposedly. And <laughs> yeah, and yeah dragging that's insane people forcefully out of their house, you know, in, in and Australia today. So, your point is, yeah, not, is not so kind of you know, it's not so paranoid, it's,
1: it's, it's not, it's not at all, but also, I mean, they're fun. I'll say that yeah. to non gun owners. Exactly. I love to shoot. Shooting's fun. Uh, but also with a pistol. I carry every day. I carry a Glock 17. I just like them. And um, it just gives you a peace of mind. Mm. I've been in some sticky situations driving in around here in the St. Louis area. It, it can get bad. Yeah. And uh, when I have my wife and kids with me, I just like having that on me. I would never want to put them at a disadvantage. So I'm yeah. always going to have that on me. I know how to use it. I know how to use it responsibly
0: right. and, and safely. something I was going to say, too, you know, <laughs> is the importance of training. And any, mm-hmm. anybody who's got a, got a weapon, you know, go out and get training for it because the actual situation, if it ever faces you, I mean, you, you're not going to do what you think you're going to do unless yeah. you have the training.
1: Well, a lot of it's muscle memory, too, and also mm-hmm. habit, Like like right now. I have my Glock right here always sits. It's always near me if I can help it and having it there near you and you touching it daily, maybe dry firing, you know, getting some of those snap caps going to the range as often as possible. You just get used to always having it. So if any sketchy situation all of a sudden happens, you already know where your gun's at. You, you, right. you've touched it in the past you know, hour and a half, you know, where it's at and it just helps you respond so much quicker and, The only way to do that is to let it become part of your everyday carry, you know, your wallet, keys, gun, you know, make sure you have your stuff on you.
0: (laughs) So as far as home defense goes, what are your thoughts on uh, uh, 20 gauge versus 12 for especially for smaller, smaller guys or females is uh, just to control recoil and get to be back on target Um, trade or not.
1: I say in my personal opinion, no, and the only reason I say that is my wife, my shotgun or our 12 gauge. I have a cheap Mossberg 500 that I that I bought a different a collapsible buttstock for. I put a rail on it. It's, I I made it super tactical, and um, we call it John Gotti the shotty And so she <laughs> likes it. She likes to take it out and she loads it 12 gauge rounds, buckshot. She can rack it and shoot it, and she's not a big girl by any means. That's all. Awesome. And and I'm saying if she can shoot it and, and handle it, um, anybody else should be able to. And, and what that comes with is just practice. So even if you take the smallest, daintiest girl, you don't necessarily have to put that gun up on the shoulder and let it rock her you know, whole body. Yeah. Um, there's ways that you can shoot it from the side, tucked under your arm, and still be relatively accurate to hit a you know, body size target down a that's hallway sure if you have man. to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's just going to come with. I would say more experience, just picking up that gun, going to the range, letting her or he get real, real comfortable with it. Like, pick it up, shoot it, shoot that target, get quick with it, reload it, you know, to the point like, you know, it's no big deal anymore. And I don't think that recoil, I think that recoil thing is, is mainly for more inexperienced
0: shooters, I would yeah. say. And I think, too, the advantage of a shotgun is if if you're living in a city block like I am, uh, you don't want your, your round going outside through your house into somebody else's. Yeah. That's certainly one reason, one other benefit for a shotgun.
1: That's a benefit, I would say. However, I would also say if my life's in immediate danger, I mean, yeah, I don't want to shoot my kids that are maybe in the other room. But also if the dude's right there, I'm picking up the quickest. Like if oh, I sure had my rifles, right. yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm just going to use it. And I'll worry about the neighbor's house later. Because, <laughs> I mean, I've seen a lot of materials stop. You know, 12 gauge. I've seen a lot of materials stop slugs, and uh, I don't know. I think you'd have to get pretty lucky for it to just cut through your home, going through a couple layers of drywall, not hitting any two by fours or metal. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's quite a lot to go through, and usually it diverts the trajectory or at least slows down the round uh, enough. But yeah, the whole the whole AR shotgun thing inside the house. I mean, I keep both. I have. I actually by my bed, I keep I keep a, my AK my AR and my pistol. And you're like, Gary, that might be overkill. No, I got my wife in there. She knows how to shoot all three of them. So if anything really crazy happened, I'd be like, Hey babe, you take this one. I'll take this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's good advice. You know, of course you also have safety considerations when you have kids, especially so.
1: Mm-hmm. important. To mm-hmm.
0: But um,
1: So yeah, no, with the, with the kids stuff too. Uh, so I, I've been training my kids uh, about gun safety so- since they were born, basically, yeah. Right. So uh, yeah, so more, I don't
0: know. One more question for you, quick, and this one may uh, maybe difficult. Just give me the top top few items that you think people need to have on hand as far as a minim- minimalist prepper. What kind of things do you have? Do you recommend?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're not trying to be like one of those crazy preppers, or maybe you have a limited budget, or um, you just want to be prepared for, you know. The roundabout. I suggest that to everybody. You always hear these preppers talking about, oh, I'm prepping for uh, Yellowstone to explode, or I'm prepping for just an EMP, or I'm prepping for uh, an outbreak. I'm like, why not prep for all of those? What are the items that would serve all these situations well? And it comes down to your essentials. Food, medical, shelter, water, you know, uh, defense. Small things like that is really all you need in every single one, even a zombie apocalypse scenario, you're going to still need these things, you know? Um, but the number one thing I would say besides any piece of item is going to be the knowledge, um, learn every day, maybe try to learn something small. Like me and my wife this year, we're teaching ourselves at our garden better. Uh, our garden producing probably about a pound worth of veggies every week right now. It's not terribly large, But it's better than what we did last year. And next year, we're going to do even better. Um, So constantly learning new skills, that's going to be number one. Uh, Number two is going to be, I I would say books. Um, Mm -hmm. We just added another book to our prepping library. That I, that I have now. So I have the SAS Survival Handbook. Mm-hmm. I have the Backyard Homesteaders book. I have a medical book. I have a How to Can and Preserve book. I have uh, all these books that you're like, well, why not you know, just get it on the computer? All yeah. right, well, if there's yeah. no power, you know, how mm-hmm. are you going to – you need to be able to reference these things, uh, you know, especially medical stuff.
0: Or you're going to be – Or if there is an EMP, then you're done. Yeah. Exactly. I, so I having – well.
1: ha- Having knowledge you can resource or at least uh, look into is, I'd probably say, next important. Um, after that, tools, uh, all kinds of tools. I mean, like gardening tools. You're gonna want knives. You're gonna want, uh, uh, oh, man, like any, any kind of hardware tools. I mean, you got to think about the ability of it to break. You know, you, you know, how often do you use a crowbar? Not too often. How often do you think you might use a crowbar in that kind of environment? Probably quite a bit. You know, you know, stock up on hammers, a lot of nails, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I guess after that would be more food, water oriented. I mean, it, it, have you ever seen the TV show Alone? No. OK, so it's on History Channel and uh, they go out into the woods and they have to survive as long as they can. Usually it goes up to like 100 days in some of the harshest environments. Now these people are experts and they uh they they do survival school training and all kinds of stuff all the time and they'll be able to survive just fine out there. They got water, they got shelter, the next thing that that nearly knocks all of them out is food. So mm-hmm. if you're not able to provide some form of fatty food, fatty food is really what it is cuz you can eat all this other stuff and then your body's just going to start dwindling away to nothing. And it, let's say you live in an urban area or even a remote area like I do that still there's houses. Right. Food's going to run out literally that week. As soon as the truckers stop bringing food right. mm-hmm. to grocery stores, that's when you're relying on just your own skills, bartering or trading. I mean within a week. I mean and that's scary because there's so many people that I, – I, I ask my friends all the time. I, I probably annoy them. I'm like, well, what would you do? You know, what would you do if you had? To, and they, they were like, they always joke. They're like, I would just die. And I'm like, yeah, probably. I'm like, probably. Like, why, how come you're not maybe doing something to fix that? Um, yeah. And other than that, I would say water, water filtration. I mean, there's yep. easy ways to do that. You can catch rain. But if you don't have the knowledge or skill or anything to reference on how to collect water and preserve drinking water and disinfect it then you might as well, uh, you know, you're probably going to die, too. Yeah, that's uh,
0: disease is going to be rampant. There's not going to be garbage collection. Yes. Uh,
1: yeah, and I would say probably soap, waters, soap and antibacterial. Soap yeah. and antibacterial. That's yeah. uh, antibiotics, if you can, too. Uh, even old antibiotics. If they say they're expired, honestly, I would say keep them just for an emergency because uh, it's better than nothing. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> hey, that's great advice. Um, I am going to uh, let you go right now. We were already cool. up to 40 minutes. That went quick. <laughs> I'd love to have you back. Um, if you do decide to vlog, certainly like to help you out and be on that, on that on your show. If you do that, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything you want us to know in parting?
1: Uh, Jeff, I would say if everybody did a little bit more effort on maybe voicing their opinion, but also just being a nicer person, Amen. like uh, stop like stop telling other people what to do. With their own life, their own money, um, respect their decisions, but also don't let them force you to do anything because of their decisions. Uh, I think individualism is is the smallest minority that in the individual is, and when you lose that, you lose everything. So yes, do. uh, don't give up, don't give up your rights, people. That's all I'm saying. Awesome,
0: advice, <laughs> and, uh, thanks for being here, Gary. And we'll talk. In hey, future. no problem, sure. Jeff. You Thank you very
1: much. You bet.
0: Great interview, Gary. Thank you very much. It's time to be indignant. What am I indignant about this week? Well, I guess the number one thing is when our supposed commander and chief who I call the administrator, I guess is the best term for it, the selected administrator, he actually stands up before the American people, or which he is supposed to be a servant of. And says that he's losing his patience because you will not inject something experimental into your veins. That's called dictatorship tyranny. So that one for this week, to me, was probably the most uh, aggravating to see. I would say, too, that uh, Gary had something there when he was talking about, you know, the distraction. And we can't forget about the ongoing audits. And as news breaks, of course, I'll have a lot more attention and more focus on that. But uh, do pay attention to what's going on there. And also, I encourage you to go ahead, get on my website, get our app, and download that. And we can uh, interchange thoughts and ideas and chat. And I want to just lastly bring your attention to this new product that we have, which is Fix 2020 Now. We certainly don't want a repeat of that. So go ahead and check that out if you would. Also, if you have ideas, if you have want to be a, a guest to say something as a patriot, um, you know, certainly get in touch with me. And if it's right for the show, I'll certainly welcome you on board. So thank you everybody again for being here. Stay loud, stay proud, be America, as I say, and have a good one. We'll see you next week.